Talk podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. City to city, state to state, across the state, across the globe. That's right, it is the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. The conductor picking up passengers along the way. Interviews, sports-related news, and also outside the box. Unsports-related. That's right, it's a new time, it's a new season. Yours truly, Anthony Smith. A-Train Sports Talk podcast. And that show is getting ready to get started. Let's get this train on the track. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome into the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. One of different magnitude. Yes, as you hear the sounds of Tina Turner resonating. We say rest in peace, Tina. Just a week ago, we were talking about Jim Brown, and we still haven't got that report yet. But I guess in my headline openers, I'm always talking about turn up outside the box. And I guess this would be a good way to bring in outside the box as we talk about the passing of one Tina Turner. Today we get the news that Tina Turner, a magnetic singer of explosive power, is dead at 83. Held in the 1960s for her dynamic performances with her first husband, Ike, she became a sensation as a recording artist, often echoing her personal struggles in her songs. Tina Turner, the earth-shaking singer, raspy vocal, sexual magnetism, and explosive energy made her an unforgettable live performer and one of the most successful recording artists of all time. Died on Wednesday at her home in Switzerland near Zurich. She was 83. Her publicist, Bernard Dorothy, announced the death in a statement but did not provide the cause. She had a stroke in recent years and was known to be struggling with a kidney disease and other illness. Ms. Turner embarked on her half-century career in the late 1950s while still attending high school when she began singing with Ike Turner and his band, Kings of Rhythm. At first, she was only an occasional performer, but she soon became the group's star attraction and Mr. Turner's wife. With her potent, bluesy voice and her frantic dancing style, she made an instant impression. Their ensemble, soon renamed the Ike and Tina Turner Review, became one of the premier touring soul acts in black venues and on so-called Chitlin Circuit. After the Rolling Stones invited the group to open for them, first on a British tour in 1966, then on an American tour in 1969, white listeners in both countries began paying attention. Miss Turner, 
who insisted on adding rock songs by the Beatles and the Stones to her repertoire reached an enormous new audience, giving the Ike and Tina Turner review its first top 10 hit with her version of Credence Clearwater Revival song, Proud Mary in 1971, and a Grammy Award for Best R&B Vocal Performance by a group. In the context of today's show business, Tina Turner must be the most sensational professional on stage, Ralph J. Gleason, the influential jazz and pop critic for the San Francisco Chronicle, wrote in a review of a Rolling Stones concert in Oakland in November 1969. She comes on like a hurricane, she dances and twists and shakes and sings, and the impact is instant and total. But if the Ike and Tina Turner review was a success, the Ike and Tina Turner marriage was not. Mr. Turner was abusive. After she escaped the marriage in her 30s, her career faltered. But her solo album, Private Dancer, released in 1984, turned her to the spotlight and lifted her in the pop stratosphere. Working with younger songwriters and backed by a smooth, synthesized sound that provided a lustrous rapping for her raw, urgent vocals, she delivered three mammoth hits. Title song, written by Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits, Better Be Good to Me, and What's Love Got to Do With It. Referring to its innovative fusion of old-fashioned soul singing and new wave synth pop, Stephen Holden, in a review for the New York Times, called the album a landmark, not only in the career of the 45-year-old singer who had been recording since the late 1950s, but in the evolution of pop soul music itself. At the 1985 Grammy Award, What's Love Got to Do With It won three awards for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance, and Better Be Good to Me won for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance. Album went on to sell five million copies and ignite a touring career that established Miss Turner as a worldwide phenomenon. In 1988, she appeared before about 180,000 people at the Maracania Stadium in Rio de Janeiro, breaking a record for the largest paying audience for a solo artist. After her 24-7 tour in 2000 sold more than $100 million in tickets, Guinness World Records announced that she had sold more concert tickets than any other solo performer in history. So there you have the news of Tina Turner's passing. And like I said, we are going to also get into the Jim Brown passing as well, too. As that is definitely some news I want to get into on this show as well, too. But what I'm going to do, because that right there is a segment within itself, I am going to go ahead, take my first break. And when I come back, I will get into sports news at hand. There is a lot to get to. You're on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. Your conductor, your host, Anthony Smith. Don't you dare go nowhere. 
Stay seated till the ride is over. We'll catch up with you on the other side of the track. It's time for us all to grow together. So, if you would like to have your ad ran on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, simply reach out to me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or at 316-553-2010. Or, if you would like to sponsor a segment, you can also reach me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or 316-553-2010. So let's grow together. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. And now, back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. for my next segment and the news isn't getting any better I mean we all know last week what happened Jim Brown or James Nathaniel Brown the football legend perhaps one if not the one of the greatest running backs of all time right you can give him the acronyms G-O-A-P greatest of all time Matter of fact, those of us who grew up watching Emmett, Barry, Earl Campbell, Walter Payton, I would have to be honest and say it started with Jim Brown. So who was Jim Brown? James Nathaniel Brown, born February the 17th, 1936, and passed away May 18th. 2023, was an American football fullback, civil rights activist, and actor. He played for the Cleveland Browns of the National Football League from 1957 through 1965, considered to be one of the greatest running backs of all time, as well as one of the greatest players in NFL history. Brown was a Pro Bowl invitee every season he was in the league, was recognized by the AP NFL Most Valuable Player three times, and won an NFL championship Browns in 1964. He led the league in rushing eight out of nine seasons, and by the time he retired, he held most rush most major rushing records. In 2002, he was named the Sporting News as the greatest professional football player ever. Brown earned unanimous All-America honors playing college football at Syracuse University, where he was an all-around player for the Syracuse Orangeman football team. Team later retired his number 44 jersey 
and he was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 1995. He is also widely considered one of the greatest lacrosse players of all time, and the Premier Lacrosse League MVP award is named in his honor. Brown also excelled in basketball, track, and field. In his professional career, Brown carried the ball 2,359 times for 12,312 rushing yards and 106 touchdowns, which were all records when he retired. He averaged 104.3 rushing yards per game and is the only player in NFL history to average over 100 rushing yards per game for his career. Brown was enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1971. He was named to the NFL's 50th, 75th, and 100th anniversary all-time teams, comprising the best players in NFL history. Brown was honored at the 2020 College Football Playoff National Championship as the greatest college football player of all time. His number 32 jersey is retired by the Browns. Shortly before the end of his football career, Brown became an actor. He retired at the peak of his football career to pursue an acting career. He obtained 53 acting credits and several leading roles throughout the 1970s. He has been described as Hollywood's first black action hero and his role in the 1969 film 100 Rifles made cinematic history for featuring interracial love scenes. Brown was one of the few athletes and among the most prominent African Americans to speak out on racial issues as the civil rights movement was growing in the 1950s. He participated in the Cleveland Summit after Muhammad Ali faced imprisonment for refusing to enter the draft for the Vietnam War, and he founded the Black Economic Union to help promote economic opportunities for minority-owned businesses. Brown later launched a foundation focused on diverting at-risk youth from violence through teaching them life skills, to which he facilitated the Watts truce between rival street gangs in Los Angeles. So there's a little bit of history on Jim Brown. Now in some more news as we shift around to a different sport. I want to talk a little WNBA. Why would I talk WNBA? Well, we already know the season has started. Be that as it may, there are some things that have happened off the court that has one team image looking kind of on the tarnished side, so to speak. Who would that be that I'm talking about? I'm talking about the Las Vegas Aces. But before I get there, let me bring us back to today. I will get back to the Aces, their scandal. But there is one story in particular that has really caught my attention. Anyone that follows basketball, the NBA especially, We know there is one coach who has survived the aftermath of LeBron James. And there was a story 
centered around Eric Spolstra. And maybe, just maybe, the Heat might be the only team in the NBA that has it right. And why would I say that? Because most teams have given LeBron James the unwritten title of general manager. Wherever LeBron James goes, he usually gets what he wants. Uh, He doesn't want this player. That player is gone. If he doesn't want that coach, that coach is gone. However, he did meet his match. Quiet as is kept, he met his match in Miami. Spolstra was probably supposed to have been gone during the LeBron James era. Because when the big three got there, which is LeBron, Dwayne Wade was already there, and Chris Bosh, the season didn't start off so rosy. LeBron in LeBron fashion, let's, let's say it like it is, he wanted the coach fired. But something happened. One of the few times that LeBron James did not get his way. When he went to management, the comment was basically, don't ever come in my office asking for a coach to be fired. Yes, Pat Riley stood up to LeBron James, possibly one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And we are pulling up this story right now. Pat Riley basically told LeBron, he said, you don't ever come in my office and tell me to fire a coach. Pat Riley reportedly defended Eric Spolstra from the Miami Heat players. Everywhere, like I say, LeBron has went. Coaches have suffered backlash, which usually meant they were in the unemployment line. It happened in Cleveland. It didn't happen in Miami, which is amazing because Eric Spolstra is still there in Miami. They even had coach fired in Los Angeles since he's been there. He had coaches fired in Cleveland, not once, but twice. 
just to get who he wanted in there to coach the team. But when it came to Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley said, uh-uh, we run this, not you. Your job is simply to do one thing, play basketball. Play basketball. And some of the comments that are being made out there, it says, I remember back then it was popular opinion that he was overrated and was only successful because he had a stacked roster. Turns out, managing egos and maximizing talent is an essential part of coaching. Those victory years made Spolster into this mythical beast of a coach he is today. I remember people discrediting him at the time. I used to tell people this guy got those heatles by in and not cause any problems. He put role players in the right spots to help them. You can't be a scrub coach and do that. That must have been a difficult spot to navigate for Spoke. I remember seeing this special on how he watched this one, this one college program, I think Oregon, and just the way he talked about creating fit and offense, defense, around the current head, head roster and his vision of how they would play I was sold. Spo was destined for greatness. Now here we are looking at Eric Spoelstra. This Miami Heat. Granted, they took it on the chin last night, but still, fact of the matter, he's still coaching. He's still in that one spot. It means a lot. Your general manager, team president, and owner has the back. Has your back as a coach be able to stand up to these pre-Bandana athletes. It's all about building a culture. You wonder if Milwaukee can build a culture. You wonder if, let's say, if Boston loses the next game, are they going to be pushing a reset at the head coaching position? I think your blueprint for success, take a look at Miami. I'll even go as far as say, it first started with San Antonio. I'm also waiting for the day when Pops finally decide to say, you know what, this is enough. Because what San Antonio had going on, I believe Miami is taking that torch and running with it as far as personnel, front office decision making. I'll tell you what I'm going to do right here. I am going to take a break. When I come back, I will get into the WNBA, in particular, the Las Vegas Aces and their impermissible gifts. So stay tuned. Catch up with you on the other side of the track. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. We're still building up ahead of steam.
Mr. Max Market formerly known as P&P is fully stocked for all your grocery needs. We carry the largest selection of hot links in Wichita including the world-famous Oklahoma links from Mountain View and Rogers, Kansas links from Yoder, Colorado links from Gold Star as well as national brands such as Siegel, and Dietz. Our meat department stocks ribs, pork butts, pork chops, brisket, hams, chicken, hamburger meat, oxtails, buffalo fish, whole catfish and fillets, and much more. In season, we stock hard-to-find produce such as red, yellow, orange, and purple meat watermelon, cantaloupe, melons, tomatoes, corn, greens, okra, and more. We have a huge selection of fish fry, seasonings, sauces, and rubs including the full lines of Louisiana and Slap Ya Mama products. In addition, we have all grocery staples including flour, sugar, bread, butter, cheese, snacks, milk, canned goods, candy, snacks, and drinks. And now, back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Welcome back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host, Dr. Anthony Smith, and I hope you have enjoyed it thus far. I guess in a roundabout way, you can say that the return of outside the box kind of returned on an impromptu style. Then we went into the Jim Brown passing. And now we finally get around to what I said we was going to talk about. The scandal that is Las Vegas Aces. So the WNBA suspends Hammond and strips draft pick. The question is, what's next for Las Vegas Aces, Derricka Hamby? After a three months plus investigation involving more than 30 people, WNBA said Tuesday it is suspending the Las Vegas Aces coach Becky Hammond for two games and taking away the Aces' 2025 first-round draft pick because the franchise violated league rules regarding impermissible player benefits and workplace policy. The investigation was launched because of claims made by former Aces player De'Arica Hamby after she was traded to the Los Angeles Sparks in January. Hamby accused the Aces of unethical behavior. Being traded is part of the business, Hamby said in a statement posted on Instagram. Being lied to, bullied, manipulated, and discriminated against is not. Hamby played for the Aces from 2015 when the franchise was still in San Antonio as the Stars through 2022. She agreed to a two-year contract extension with the Aces last June. Hamby was then slowed by injury during the playoffs as Las Vegas won its first WNBA title. Hamby announced during the Aces' victory parade that she was expecting her second child and planned to play in the 2023 season. After the trade, she said she was told she was not taking my workout seriously. 
and that Ace's personnel told her they didn't see that she'd be ready to return. I've had my character and work ethic attacked, Hamby's statement read at the time. I was promised things to entice me to sign my contract extension that were not followed through on. What do the penalties mean for the Aces in the WNBA? Well, let's look at the issues involved. Does the suspension impact Hammond's reputation? 2022 was very much a feel-good year for Hammond, who, after spending eight years as a San Antonio Spurs assistant, following her WNBA playing career at last, got a head coaching job, winning the WNBA title in her first season guiding a franchise brought Hammond and the Aces a lot of positive publicity. This puts a little tarnish on that. What bothers some WNBA followers the most is that Hammond, Aces president Nikki Fargus and general manager Natalie Williams are all mothers themselves and the result of the investigation suggests Hammond didn't receive the support one might have expected during her pregnancy. However, in a statement released early Tuesday evening, and let me just remind you, this report here is eight days ago before the season started. So that's why I come if you hear me saying Tuesday. It wasn't Tuesday as of Tuesday 23rd, but Tuesday a week. Eight. Basically, like I said, the story came out eight days ago. I want to give you that disclaimer right there. However, in a statement released early Tuesday evening, the Aces organization defended itself and Hammond. The Las Vegas Aces are deeply disappointed by the outcome of the WNBA investigation, the statement read. We are committed to supporting all our players to the fullest extent allowed by the WNBA. Our actions have always been consistent with our responsibility to hold ourselves to the highest professional standard, and the facts were presented were consistent with these standards. The well-being of our players and their families has and will always be at the forefront of who we are. WNBA's determination about Becky Hammond are inconsistent with what we know and love about her. Becky is a caring human being who forges close personal relationships with her players. We stand behind Coach Hammond as she continues to lead the Las Vegas Aces. Whether or not the real issue was that the Aces saw a chance to sign free agent Candace Parker and were ready to move on from Hamby despite their previous agreement with her, the investigation put the onus on Hammond as having made the comments to which Hamby, Hamby objected. Hammond is not the first WNBA coach suspended for something she said. Then Connecticut Sun coach Kurt Miller now with the spark, was fined $10,000 and suspended one game for comments he made about player Liz Cambridge's size while arguing with an official during a 2021 game. Like many WNBA organizations, the Aces sell family atmosphere and player empowerment as part of their culture. That also might take a hit with these penalties. Does that matter to the current Aces? or future free agents who might consider the organization? Those are trigger questions, trickier questions. For the most part, Hammond got good reviews publicly from players last season and so far this year in preseason media sessions. Aces organization under owner Mark Davis has done a lot to make 
players' everyday accommodations top-notch. But the Players Union, the WNBPA, called the WNBA's punishment for the Aces far from appropriate, saying it didn't go far enough. Hammond has a media video conference Wednesday, which would have been Wednesday last week, that was scheduled before the penalties were announced. All WNBA coaches are doing those as part of the lead-up to the opening of the season, which tipped off last Friday. So what's the precedent for stripping draft picks for rules violations? This is the first time a WNBA team has ever lost a draft pick, but it's common in the NBA. In recent years, multiple teams have forfeited second-round picks for tampering violations. The Chicago Bulls and Philadelphia 76ers lost first-round picks in the upcoming NBA draft, while the Miami Heat and Milwaukee Bucks were stripped of them a year ago. What the Aces were found to have done is more serious than the timing-related violations recently punished by the NBA. In those cases, transactions themselves were legal, but communication between players and teams happened prior to the beginning of free agency. The better comparison for Las Vegas' situation is when Minnesota Timberwolves were found in 2000 to have, to have agreed to a future contract with forward Joe Smith, allowing them to pay Smith less money as a free agent before he established bird rights and could re-sign for the promised larger amount. The late David Stern, then the NBA commissioner, voided Smith's contract with Minnesota, making him a free agent and stripped the team of its next five first-round picks, in addition to levying a $3.5 million fine. Timberwolves ultimately got two of those first-rounders back, but still lost three picks during a period when they were trying to build a contending team around MVP Kevin Garnett. To some degree, the WNBA's hands might have been tied in punishing Aces via draft picks. Las Vegas had already traded its 2024 first-rounder to the Sparks with Hamby. Unlike the NBA, where teams are able to trade picks up to seven drafts into the future, the WNBA permits it just two years ahead, meaning the 2025 first-rounder was the only one currently in play for the Aces. So, does losing a 2025 draft pick really hurt the Aces? At this point, the 2024-2025 WNBA drafts are expected to have franchise-changing players because the upcoming senior class still has the COVID-19 waiver possibility to play a fifth year in college. It's uncertain which of the top players will go to the draft in 2024-2025 looks strong. And I'm going to say I'll see 2025 being the strongest as far as the WNBA draft with plethora of top-notch players coming out, especially when you throw in that fifth year, because there are some players in college women's basketball that has some lucrative NIL deals. First name that comes to mind, Angel Reese. She's in no hurry to get to the WNBA. I mean, one point something million dollars? Why would you be in a hurry? That said, the Aces are championship favorites this year. Stars Ajay, Ajay Wilson, is an unrestricted free agent for the 2024-2024, but Las Vegas has four other key players. Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, 
Jackie Young, Alicia Clark, under contract through 2024. In short, it's unlikely the Aces will be a draft lottery team in 2025, which probably takes away the sting of potentially losing a major star in the draft then. These penalties might hurt the Aces' reputation, but will they be a deterrent across the league to prevent this type of situation happening again? That's the question we can't answer right now, but the hope is that teams take this seriously. So what can we make of the fact that w, the WNBA could not substantiate salary cap circumvention by the Aces? Without actually seeing the results of the investigation, it's hard to decipher. On one hand, the league said the penalties were for violation of rules regarding impermissible player benefits and workplace policies. I'm still scratching my head on that terminology. Impermissible player benefits at a professional level, a word that you used to hear in, at the college level until NIL. Somebody help me make sense of this. With the WNBA having a hard salary cap, could impermissible player benefits be seen as a type of circumvention of the cap? As one general manager told ESPN, such things can be a bit more difficult for the league to judge. Franchise such as Las Vegas, gets players' appearance deals based on relationship the Raiders or Aces, both owned by Davis, have with local business, that isn't necessarily circumventing the cap, even if it means putting more money in players' pockets. WNBA team promises to pay certain services for players, such as school tuition for children. That could be seen as circumvention. At this point, based on the league's statement, it couldn't verify that against the Aces. In their statement, the Aces also addressed this. As expected, facts did not demonstrate that the Aces violated the salary cap by paying players under the table or acted impermissibly during the 2023 free agency period. We look forward to continuing support of our players, coaches, employees, and the Las Vegas community. So, is there a next step for Hamby? It's unknown at this point if she intends to take legal action against the Aces based on the respect in the workplace violation the league said came from comments Hammond made to Hamby about the player's pregnancy. Hamby didn't lose her job as a WNBA player when she was traded, but she still might have a case that she was discriminated against and dealt with trauma because of the remarks made to her and the need to move from organization where she has spent her entire WNBA career. In its statement, the union said it will support Hamby as she considers further options. In a video posted on Twitter by John W. Davis of the Long Beach Press-Telegram, Hamby spoke with reporters Tuesday in Los Angeles about the WNBA's decision, which she said she found out about Monday. I kind of want to move forward and focus on where I am today. I'm healthy. I'm happy. My son is healthy, Hamby said of her baby legend. I'm going to be playing basketball this season. This part of it is over. Me and the union will continue to explore more options. Hamby says she called Los Angeles general manager Karen Bryant before training camp because she was ready to get back playing. She returned quickly after having her first child, daughter Amaya, and is back again after Legend's birth. 
Sparks opened the 2023 WNBA season on Friday against the Phoenix Mercury. I'm not going to try too much pressure on myself. She says, I'm not going to try to put too much pressure on myself. I'm focusing on getting back into shape and turning the motor back on for basketball, Hamby said. But I'm going to play, I told Coach Kurt Miller, to hold me to the same standard you would if I was fully healthy or not recovering from pregnancy. I work hard, and I think that will speak for itself. I've been having to dial myself in and make it personal to prove the ace is wrong. Right now, I'm proving to myself and my kids I can do it. Initially, when the trade happened, I doubted myself a little bit, but I'm back. I'm a tough player. I've got to go back and embrace the physicality. Prepared for Friday. So there you have the Hamby situation and the Aces situation. Penalties that were dealt. Two-game suspension. So do you think the punishment was enough? Who is your favorite to win the WNBA championship this year? The odds on favorite right now, even with everything that's going on, are the Las Vegas Aces. Can they repeat? It remains to be seen. Hope you have enjoyed the ride on the train as much as I have enjoyed being your conductor. We have a holiday coming up, which is called Memorial Day. So what I want to say is to each and every one of you out there, be safe. If you're going out of town, as my mom used to tell me, Don't just drive for yourself, but drive for others as well, too. You have to drive offensively as well as defensively. Keep your eyes on the road. Keep your hands glued to the steering wheel. Enjoy Memorial Day and all that it's meant to be. Reflecting on those who protect this country, but also reflecting on those who have made impacts on our life who is no longer with us. That being said, I want to thank my mom and dad for the best years of my life until the good Lord called them home. Until the next time, keep your tickets because they're reusable. This is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Be blessed. I'm out.